Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. Got a packed podcast today. The first half, we'll be speaking with Julaine Appling of Wisconsin Family Council. The second half, we're going to be tackling as much news and headlines and doing some commentary today. There's, I just couldn't believe when I was putting this together how much there is out there. So we're trying to touch on so many different topics. So pray for us today that we just get the bullet points out and get through this. But Father in heaven, give us wisdom, Lord, please. Um, And we just praise you for another day. We thank you for uh, filling our souls with your Holy Spirit, for giving us that deposit that guarantees our inheritance. We praise you, Lord, for your goodness, for our salvation. We thank you for your righteousness and that you have bared your holy arm in the sight of all the nations, that all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We ask that you would guide us today. Empower those who need your touch today, those who are listening right now, whether live or on this podcast later. Father, give them what they need today, your special touch, your encouragement, a little boost to bolster their faith and to encourage their hearts and to remind them why we are here for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here's a rundown of what we're going to get to today. First of all, I've been getting some Phone calls, I don't remember mentioning this, uh, but yes, I am preaching in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, this Sunday at Crossroads Church. I believe it's Crossroads Community Church in Sturgeon Bay. So there are several people that uh, apparently want to go check out that church, Crossroads in Sturgeon Bay. So thank you guys for just your interest. Um, Second half of the podcast today, Scott Shera, a man we've had on many times here on Stand Up For The Truth, he launched a brand new website. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's got his daughter's name in it, Grace, and of course the story about her death, um, and just it's a dedication to her. It's glorifying to God what he's doing. He's fighting for the truth. We're going to tell you about that a little later on. Plus, we'll talk about the Super Bowl, and not in a way that you think we're going to talk about. Is there any thought for Christians in America to boycott perversion, wokeness, social justice, political correctness. How about the offensive Super Bowl ads that run throughout the game? What about the halftime show? You know what those are like? Well, we don't seem to care, and we'll talk about that a little bit. The Olympics, the ratings are tanking, and of course, what's being whitewashed is the horrific Chinese Communist Party human rights abuses, persecution, forced abortions, genocide, organ harvesting. It's going on. And some would rather turn a blind eye to it. We'll talk about that. Also, a confidential prayer request for a suicidal young person who fell on the, uh, for the transgender ideology. We're going to talk about that and how we can minister to young people. Biden is now referring to Christian counseling and the gospel as hateful. We did a story on that a couple days ago with Pastor Tim Stevens up in Canada and the new C4 bill in Canada determining Christian, I'm sorry, uh, conversion therapy as hate speech. Um, Let's see, U.S. surveillance is growing. Uh, uh, The big brother about to expand. Millions more traffic cameras. Why? Uh, Mask and mandate hypocrisy of the left. No uh, surprise there. And an update from Canada and the Truckers Freedom Convoy. But right now, I want to bring in Julaine Appling, Wisconsin Family Council, Wisconsin Family Action. Julaine, thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you, David. Always good to be with you. Boy, that's quite a lineup there. Yes, we probably won't get to it all, but we'll do what we can. Um, hey, you. first of all, you've got to leave at uh, 930. Tell people where you're going and what you're going to be doing at the Madison State Capitol. Well, just to make sure everybody knows, we headquarter down in our capital, so in Madison, so we can get to the capital quickly. And today, um, I have to go to a hearing at that starts at ten o'clock on a bill called the Parental Rights Bill. I just it just got introduced, David, and I just got noticed late 
uh, what's today, Thursday, late Tuesday, that they'd be having a hearing today. And why is all this late notice? Because the legislative session here in Wisconsin will be wrapping up by March 12th. And so that means they're on the what we call silly season and they're introducing bills right and left. And we're having hearings right and left with little notice. Wow. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were available and you can do that. So where would you like to start today? A lot going on. As always, you've got uh, we've got news on a couple days ago, the Wisconsin heartbeat bill. We've got the Marriage Hall of Fame, local elections. Where, what would you like to start with? Well, let's start with good news. Let's yes. start with good news about marriage, David. Yes. Praise God. You know, this is National Marriage Week. Every year it's celebrated between um, February 7th and February 14th. A lot of people don't know about it. There is a national group that tries to spearhead efforts. We, of course, as an organization that really champions God's plan for marriage and family, we, we talk about it a lot in the month of February. What's Look, look, marriage is getting a bad rap today. There have been a Gallup poll and a Pew poll recently, David, that show that Basically, Americans are saying, even evangelicals, okay, are saying, well, you know, maybe marriage isn't all it's cracked up to be. Maybe it's not a priority. Maybe having children shouldn't be a priority. Maybe life is really pretty good if we just don't, you know, have a lot of marriage. That is a lie from the pit. Mm. A lie from the pit. Why? What is the first institution that God gave humankind for his glory and our good? Ding, 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 ding. It's marriage and yes. family, yes. right? Yes. It, and, and why did he do that? He could have put the church first, I suppose. He pretty could have put civil government first, but he didn't. He put a marriage between one man and one woman in a lifelong monogamous relationship with inherent procreative ability for the vast majority of people uh, first because it is a foundational institution. And when we get marriage and family wrong, everything goes wrong in a society. And, and by the way, don't you love it, David? That the Bible is universal in time and geography. Imagine that. <laughs> so it doesn't matter whether you're in, you know, in Timbuktu or whether you are in um, uh, De Pere, Wisconsin. Right? Marriage is good for people, whether you you bless God or whether you blaspheme Him, and it's good because it is the foundational. Um, institution of bringing two people together, again, with this procreative ability, and that's how we populate a society, right? Yes. Now, now, here's what's so insignificant about that. By God's design, marriage between a man and a woman is the way that not only do we bring new life into this world, but we care for that life. Mm. We help train, and we help bring up, we instill values, we, we give the gospel. That is how we do cultural and Christian transmission in the family unit. But and you don't have families forming and you don't have marriages forming or you have a lot of out, out of wedlock birth uh, happening, then you have you 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 don't have a foundation. You have a quicksand foundation. And so marriage is good. Marriage is good for the two individuals who are in it. Marriage is good for the children who are biologically or by adoption brought into that family. Marriage is good for all of society. It it I, okay, guys that are listening, don't be offended, but this is statistically true. Yes. The number one problem every society has to figure out to deal with, or I should say maybe one of the top problems every society has to figure out how to deal with, is what to do with single men. Hmm. Because single men left to themselves aren't always um, pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they need they're help. not always <laughs> they're not always up to good things and and marriage marriage brings a stability a focus a purpose I talk to men all the time about this to say you know when I got married suddenly everything I was doing it was about my wife and when we had children it was about my children um I I want to live for them I want to make life better for them so marriage needs to be you know shouted positively from the from the rooftops two groups David real quickly that sure. need to own marriage champion sure as, as married number one churches. Uh oh, yeah, churches. <laughs> you know they they shouldn't just get married at the front door and go out the back door and never be seen again, right? First of all, churches need to establish strong premarital. Uh, counseling programs, preferably with an inventory, because premarital counseling done well is like an insurance policy against divorce later. Number two, marriage uh, churches need marriage mentoring programs, especially for newly married couples. Partner them with more experienced couples that where it can be a you know kind of a release valve and a touch point and an encouragement. And then um, married churches need to do on ongoing marriage enrichment programs mm. for all of their married couples. And they just celebrate new marriages and celebrate long lasting ones. Yes. Second group. Yeah, absolutely. So church, wake up. 
We got to do this. Secondly, it's families. Families need to model godly, strong marriages. If we want the next generation to want to get married and want to have babies within that marriage relationship, then we need to show them that it's good. It's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's positive. It's, and then we need to keep the conflict as low as possible. We need to have godly marriages built on prayer, built on uh, going to church together, uh, you know, committing to the family of God. And, and just by example and talking positively, we can do a great deal as families. Mm. So I'm just going to segue into this. You can stop me at any point, but we think there's another thing positive we can do as an organization. And so we've done it. We've launched a Wisconsin Marriage Hall of Fame. Mm, that's cool. Isn't that cool? Yes. I, I borrowed this from my good friend, Gene Mills, down in Louisiana, and he gave me permission to do it. But I give him a you know hat tip and a shout out. But <laughs> it's cool. There, we're looking for the couples in Wisconsin, all over Wisconsin, who have been married the longest. We started it at 60 years, and you can find out the details at wifamilycouncil.org, at C-O-U-N-C-I-L.org, wifamilycouncil.org. There's a little application there. We ask you to you know, give your name, how many years you've been married. We started at 60, David. So funny, quick, funny story. One of our <laughs> staff members who's 28 said to me, don't you think we should start this at 50? I don't know anyone who's been married 60 years. <laughs> I said, well, part of that is you're very young, yeah. but um, there, are, there are out there. But we, we ask for your, your name, your address, you know, identifying information, your story and your best marriage advice, and hopefully a picture of when you got married and a picture of uh, currently. And we want to honor them and have an inaugural inductee class, if you will, into our marriage hall of fame. And so uh, they're due by next Thursday, David, um, uh, February 17th. And then later in the month, we'll have a little marriage inductee or inductee ceremony for people into the marriage hall of fame. Cause that's, we want to honor this. That's awesome. Really quick, Julaine. I know we've talked about this before, but it's been a while. If you could list maybe one, maybe two or three points on how we got to the point where marriage is not held up and honored like it used to be. And it's minimized and people, especially young people today, they're waiting they don't even think they will get married. Some they're living with other, other you know, their partners or whatever. They they're thinking, why get married? So, how do you think we got here? I know it was a long, gradual process. Well, it has been a long, gradual process, but let's go back to at least the 60s when we had the sexual revolution, you know, and all of that. And it was make love, not war. And we started peeling away the the, the moral restraints that we had had in society and in our laws, to be honest. Yes. Um, you know, divorce was pretty hard to get before the late 70s, early 80s, basically anywhere across the country. And, and what we started saying was, you know, relationships with a spouse that I committed to with a vow. Well, you know, if I'm not happy, I should be able to get out of that pretty easily. So we changed our divorce laws. We we took away the shame, if you will, from out of wedlock uh, birth rates. So what? So what's driving that? What's driving that is the lack of the influence of the gospel. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Look. So let's let's be even more basic. How long has it been, David, since we had a national revival? Wow. <laughs> Good question. You know, yeah. because what happens in a revival is it starts low. It's I think it starts individually, goes to a family, goes to a church, then to a community, and then to a state and nation. Right? That's the pattern. But it has been probably a hundred years since we had a true national revival that got into the community level that said, "Hey, there's a better way to live." And so when the '60s came along, you know, we were just ripe for the taking, and we started saying, "Oh, you know." It, Look, birth control came in, you know, suddenly it was okay to be involved intimately and physically with someone without, quote, the scare of having a baby, right? So we diminished life, we diminished the value of conceiving children. And, and over time, um, it just has gotten worse because then we got to the government, the government said, oh, we'll pay you not to get married. That was, that was right? something it's, Lyndon Johnson had a, his hand in that, didn't he? Well, sure he did. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, great, the great society and developing a, a welfare system. Yep. Look, I agree with, with Governor Walker, who said when he was governor here, welfare, government assistance or subsistence should be a trampoline, not a hammock. Oh, I miss that man. Uh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, well, he's doing good things with young, yeah, yeah. Uh, young Americans. Yes, he is. But... Um, so, so you put all this together and what happens is people say, well, you got, you got divorce, you know, and oh, here's something else about the divorce. I want to real quickly mention this. Kids hear this. You got a 50% likelihood of getting divorced if you get married. 
that's not true to every 20 something out there. That is just fundamentally flawed. That is, that, that is not what this says. Look, if you do good premarital counseling, you have like a 90% chance of going the distance in your marriage. And I can prove that. Hmm. Here's what we mean by 50%. That means that in any given year in a state like Wisconsin, David, we have half as many, we have half as many divorces as we do marriages. So if we have, if we have 20,000 marriages this year, and, and that's pretty good, that's a pretty close number. If we have 20,000 marriages in Wisconsin take place in 2022, in 2022, we will have about 10,000 divorces. They won't be divorces of people who got married in 2022. They'll be divorces of people who got married in 1970 or 1990 or, you know, and and so we don't have any way of saying, okay, if you got married in 2022, you're going to probably be divorced by, you know, X number of years. That's not what that means. You don't have a 50% likelihood of getting divorced. If you get married, go to church together. You just up the ante tremendously for sticking together. Mm-hmm. So, hey, gang that are under that are in your 20s, don't be deceived by the lies. Marriage is good. It's good for men. It's good for women. It's good for the children. It does wonderful things for all of us because we have a good God. Mm. He Amen. designed it for our good. Amen. So uh, we also want to talk that, about uh, the Wisconsin. Hey, David, wait yes. quickly, I got to say that's spoken by somebody who's single, straight, never married, no children. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen to that, too. <laughs> Um, so we have to discuss the Wisconsin heartbeat bill briefly, and then we'll talk about local elections or primaries uh, next week. But go ahead, Julaine. SB 923. Uh, there was a, a, a hearing on Tuesday, I believe. Tell us about it. What? Okay, this is a heartbeat bill that looks very much like the Texas light, uh, heartbeat law. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's it's actually in some ways a little bit better. They've they've tweaked some of the language, David. But number one, it says uh, primarily, look, you can't get an abortion in Wisconsin if the uh, heartbeat of the baby can be detected, and it requires that an abortionist who is you know set to give a woman abortion has to do certain things to detect, determine whether or not that heartbeat is detectable. And we know that the heartbeat can be detected as early as five or six weeks. Uh, That's scientifically proven. You can see that out there anywhere you want to go. And then it says, okay, like if you, if, if you uh, find out that there's an abortionist in your state here in Wisconsin, by the way, we have four abortion facilities in Wisconsin that are standalone facilities. I want to clarify this. We have two in Milwaukee, One's Planned Parenthood and the other is not. We have one in Madison, it's Planned Parenthood, and we have one in Sheboygan. The newest one is in Sheboygan with a Planned Parenthood clinic, an abortion facility. But we know hospitals also do abortions, okay? Mm -hmm. So we just aren't sure of all the numbers on that. But but, but it says that if you know, if you're the person that is um, getting the abortion and you find out later after the abortion that there was a detectable heartbeat, you have reason to sue the abortionist. Further, and this is the big sticking point, right? In Texas, David, if you found out that someone you knew had an abortion after the heartbeat was detected, Mm. you could bring that lawsuit against that abortionist. Now that's been the big sticking point for these heartbeat laws, but uh, about the breadth of who can bring the, the lawsuit. But look, what is a heartbeat? It's one of the best signs of life isn't it? I mean, it's beautiful. That's what we check for, right? Um, and what what we want to talk about on the heartbeat bill is it's humanity. It's a human life that we're talking about. It's a human life we're talking about destroying when we talk about abortion. And so I think it's very important that we get this bill out. We talk about it. There is no assembly companion because rumor has it that not everybody over there is happy about having this bill out right now. And by the way, there, there's room to talk about you know, the timing on this bill. Why? Because the court case that the Supreme Court heard in December, and I was privileged to be in Washington, D.C. that day outside the court, uh, the Dobbs case is going to be decided and it's going to come down in June at some point. And it could be that it rolls back Roe v. Roe v. Wade. Mm. And if that happens, then this law, if it were to be, if this bill, if it were to become law here, would not even be necessary. But, um, you know, because we have a, just to make sure everybody knows, we have in Wisconsin, we don't have a trigger law. We actually have a law on the books right now that predates Roe 
that criminalizes abortion. And we've fought hard for all these years to keep it there. And uh, by God's grace, we prevailed. Mm -hmm. So so the other thing I just real quickly point out is there is one problem with this bill that we have, and that is that it has a medical emergency exemption. So if a if an abortionist as a medical provider says, hey, this woman's got a, a severe medical problem, a medical emergency, um, then we, we can justify the, the abortion even if we can detect the heartbeat. Medical professionals tell us and have told us for years now, we are beyond an either or situation and that's we're in a both and. What do I mean? We are not at the point right now where we have to either save the mother or save the baby. We can save both. Now, if the baby dies incidentally while trying to save the mother, that's not an abortion, okay? That, that's very different from intentionally killing the baby in an attempt to kill the mom or to save the mom. So we, we aren't real fond of the medical exemption like this, but we support the bill. But we've made our, we made our, <laughs> our, our understanding about medical exemptions known. And by the way, I will say this. The authors have tried really hard to create a, to craft a language that would be so tight that it would be hard for an abortionist to get around it. But you know what I know about abortionists, David? What? They're crafty. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So, so that's a heartbeat bill. Um, I don't know where it's going to go. The, the assembly doesn't even have, like I said, doesn't have a bill. I don't know if they'll have a hearing. And to be honest with you, unfortunately, I don't even know that we'll get it a, get a vote in the in the Senate. Wow. And, and we know what would happen if we got it through both houses and gave it to Evers. Yes, he would veto it. And this is just the political game. A friend of mine from Texas calls uh, political ping pong when it comes to lives <laughs> in the womb and yeah. the, the pro-life efforts. And it's it's sad that doesn't mean we should give up. It doesn't mean we should stop voting in primaries and elections for Christians and constitutional conservatives and those who are pro-life. So, Jillian, let's let's touch on that real quick. We've only got nine minutes left with you, uh, roughly. We've got a, a spring primary coming up. And I just want to mention, I've been getting emails, and I've looked into a couple candidates, and, and I really like, especially I went to this chiropractor. He's a Christian, Nathan DeLore, and there's another candidate in De Pere, Jason Dorn running for the, uh, I believe, the De Pere School Board. So I, I would, uh, I'm planning on voting for them, Jason Dorn. Just remember the D in De Pere, Jason Dorn and Nathan DeLore. Also, I've heard good things about Steve Kane in Seymour, Wisconsin, and Tony Vlastelica in Manitowoc Public School District. So those are four people that now you know four names you can look at and go, wow, okay, I'm not going to, uh, waste my time. I'm going to vote for uh, these men. A couple of them are men of God. So, Jelaine, your thoughts on the primaries coming up? Well, I'll just start with the, <clears throat> with the statement, David. Excuse me. Every election has consequences. I don't care whether it's a primary or a huge fall general election. So in Wisconsin, we do these spring nonpartisan elections, and they're notoriously low voter turnout, right? Yes, yes. Especially the primary. So mm-hmm. when does your vote count more? When there's a ton of people voting or when there's very few voting? <laughs> Well, obviously, when very few, right? Yes. And so so these primaries, when you take time to do what you've done, David, to go and find good candidates, understand what they stand for, who they are, and and then you say, I'm going to make a point of voting, you you are doing the due diligence that is critical for us as Christians to do before we go and cast that vote so that we can have a powerful say in the consequences that happen from every election. And so look, folks, um, February 15th, here in Wisconsin, spring nonpartisan uh, primary election. You may not have a primary. I don't. In my in my area, I don't have one. Jump on myvote.wi.gov, M-Y-V-O-T-E-W.wi.gov, and you type in your ad, you, you go at the top, it says, what's on my ballot? And you click on that, you put your address in, and if a uh, if you have a primary, a ballot will come up showing you what races and who what the candidate who the candidates are. If you don't have a primary, it says some foolish wording like this. But, um, we don't have information yet. We only have to have it 21 days before. It's, it's just dumb. I've called the Wisconsin Elections Commission, and guess what? I said, hey, you guys need to change this. It's very, it's very hard to understand whether I have one and you guys are, are late or whether I don't have one. And so I said, change it. And they said, oh, well, we'll think about it. It hasn't happened. Mm. But look, that's how you can find out who's on your ballot, whether you have, if you even have a primary, and then go research those candidates. Do what David did. Find out about them. Yes. Are they believers? Are they pro-life? Are they pro-family? Are they pro-liberty? You know, or yes. are they buying into critical race theory if they're running for school board? Are they pro the transgender uh, foolishness that we have going on that is crushing, crushing our kids? Yes, just it's child abuse. Let's be honest. Yeah, it um, is. So uh, early voting, early in-person voting is going on right now, David, across the state. 
call your clerk to find out about the hours and days. Um, it will end the Friday before the election. So that'll be this Friday, the 11th, it'll okay. be done. Uh, you got to get, if you got an absentee ballot out, you got to get that back in too. Yeah. But um, I know one person, I look, I've done some research on some of this, I, even though I don't have a primary, I know that there's a gal by the name of uh, Laura Strobel, who's running for Cedarburg School District. I know that she's worthy of my, if I lived in Cedarburg, I'd vote for her. You know, I did my, I did my checking and due diligence and lo and behold, yeah. And I know there's a guy running for, I believe it's out of Gamey County. His name is Howie Miller. And I, I happen to know Howie and I, you know, he's somebody I'd put my vote behind. Where is that? Uh, out of Gamey County, okay. uh, County Board. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm writing these names down. We'll mention this again on Monday, friends, if you missed any of these names, if you're driving and couldn't write these down. But uh, we'll mention the Green Bay Area School District as well. Very important. We get back to the local level. Jelaine, we've only got a couple minutes left with you, and I really need to talk about uh, parental consent and this the danger of uh, schools keeping information from parents. And uh, I know you're testifying on this this morning. Your closing thoughts in a couple minutes and just your, your thoughts and concerns about what's happening in our public schools. Number one, I don't think public schools are redeemable. Okay? Agreed. Agreed. Um, it's, it's time to get our kids out of there. You, they, we, don't send, we don't send babies to the mission field, right? For good reason. We, right. send, we send seasoned um, veteran mature Christians. I think people should serve as faculty and staff and administrators and, and school board members. But boy, I tell you, this is getting so bad out there. Parents have every right to know everything and anything about their children. No, no government agent including school officials, have any right to withhold any information from a parent. And I, this is why I call this child abuse, David. It is when you're talking about this transgender thing. And uh, thank God for Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty for filing a lawsuit here in, in Madison against Madison School District and another one against the Kettle Moraine School District for that very thing. And that's what this Parents Bill of Rights is rights is really fundamentally about. No, no entity of the government has any right to usurp the, the responsibility and right of a parent to determine the best interests of their children. Parents, stand up. Be brave. Yes. Be bold. Stand up for your children. If you don't stand up for your children, I'm going to tell you what, the wrong people are going to stand up for them and do things and make decisions that you will not agree with. They have been, Julaine, for years, decades now. The wrong people have been indoctrinating the kids. They have been seducing them. They have been just poisoning them with this dangerous anti-God. You weren't created by God. There is no creator. You are whoever, whatever you want to be. This LGBTQ plus ideology that has just infected our schools. Uh, Julaine, we've got another minute and a half. And um, I thank you so much for being available and, and for willing to go testify on this bill, AB 963, about parents' rights in public schools. So uh, we appreciate all the work you're doing, and we will catch up with you again. But I'll give you the last minute here so you can just share any more thoughts you have. Well, one thing I got to tell you, David, is we're starting our community <clears throat> events again. Yes. It's called Your Backyard. Own it. And tonight we kick it off with our event down in Elkhorn. And we are literally, we have 22 of them planned. I urge people to jump on our website, wifamilycouncil.org. Find out when we're going to be in your backyard so we can help you know how you can own your backyard. WIFamilyCouncil.org. I was just looking at your events page earlier. Uh, Lunch with a Purpose, Lead Wisconsin, Day at the Capitol, Pastor Events, but your backyard, own it, and you can get a list of all the events coming up. Hopefully there'll be one in your area. Julian, if someone wants to bring you or Wisconsin Family Council to their area, what do you recommend? A call us. I go where I'm invited. (laughs) (laughs) 888-378-7395 or check us out online at at that web address, wifamilycouncil.org. Best email is info, I-N-F-O, at wifamilycouncil.org. David, the critical election year, I know people say, oh, you know, elections. Elections have consequences, and we can help shape those consequences by being good electors. Yes, amen. Well, Jelaine, I know you've got to run. We thank you so much for uh, just just sticking with us this morning and your information and your hard work. God bless you, sister, spirit, soul, and body, and continue the work that you're doing. That's returned right to you, my friends. God bless. All right. Thanks, Jelaine. All right. So when we come back, some of those stories that we teased with the headlines at the very top of the podcast, we will be getting to including what's happening in Ontario, Alberta, um, Calgary, up north, our northern neighbors don't think the border is going to keep things from coming down here. 
There's already, did you know there's already uh, hate crimes legislation in two different states, California and, and New York, already in the United States against Christianity? Um, anyway, we'll talk about that. Plus, Scott Shera, they launched the website this week. We'll tell you about it and some other headlines, including the Olympics, next. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So if you would like to catch the podcast, actually it wasn't a podcast, but uh, Crash had Scott Shera on the other day on Q90FM on the morning show. We've had him on Stand Up For The Truth three or four times. But Scott Shera was speaking with Crash on the day they launched the website. And I'm going to give you a simple directions on how to get to that. Go to the Q90FM uh, web player, q90fm.com slash listen. Upper left menu, uh, click on that, and then scroll down to On Demand. And it is the very first one with Scott Shera. So I'm going to type this in. Our amazing grace.net. There's the website that was just launched from Scott Shera and the, sh- the story he shared about his 19-year-old daughter dying at the hands of uh, medical personnel in Wisconsin who um, prescribed three da- drugs that were dangerous and lethal together uh, the last hour of her life um, in the hospital. But Grace is there on the home page. It's ouramazinggrace.net. Net. So um, you can check out the website and learn more about the case. He's had, yet the other day he had I think 17 interviews in one day. So we got him at the right time. One of the first to uh, talk to Scott Shera about his story. Now it's breaking across the country. So pray for him and his wife Cindy. Remember they are still grieving the loss of their 19-year-old daughter Grace who had Down syndrome while he is doing all this work trying to raise awareness about the danger of the, the, the COVID protocols that were just accepted, um, and in some cases stuck to religiously without considering e- each individual patient. So right now, uh, let's talk about the prayer request we got. Now, obviously, we don't mention names on the air unless you ask us to, and, but, but for requests like this, this is a young woman, young girl, who is suicidal. Um, she's, and this is heartbreaking, friends. I'm going to get to why in just a second. Um, she's been really struggling. Her mother is extremely concerned, trying to get her help immediately to keep her safe. This young girl calls herself by a male name and is also going through these issues because of the confusion in culture, social media, and public schools. Um, She believes she should be a boy, or she believes she is a boy. She's struggling with major depression, severe dysfunction, and suicide right now. So pray in Jesus' name that God will reach this young girl and protect her. And friends, there's someone that you know in your church, in your neighborhood, that you would be amazed how many young people are struggling with this because of the the propaganda, the indoctrination, the lies being veiled as truth when we know they have rejected the truth of God and who God created them to be. So pray for young people that are struggling with this. That's all I will say about that before we get to the next topic. Okay, uh, some good news, bad news. Let's start with over at Harbinger's Daily. Um, There is a good news story. I I have a stack here. Here we go. A city council withdrew a conversion therapy ban in Indiana. Why did they do that? Now, this was over at Decision Magazine as well. Why? Because a church stood up and raised awareness. You heard that correctly. West Lafayette, Indiana withdrew an ordinance that would have banned counselors from offering counseling or biblical advice or the gospel, deemed, quote, conversion therapy, which Pastor Tim Stevens explained what was going on in Canada about that on our Tuesday podcast this week. If you want to look that one up, 
and uh, listen to that. But the term popped up in laws across the nation. nation. It's been used by the LGBTQ plus 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 groups um, and progressives and Democrats to discredit any effort to help someone overcome homosexuality, lesbianism, gender identity issues, even if the young person or anyone is struggling and wants to hold to their God-given identity, even if they don't want that. People don't want to give them a choice, these people. They don't want to give these kids a choice. Um, So efforts against this ordinance, uh, Faith Church came against this. Faith Church in West Lafayette, Indiana, mobilized. So kudos to Senior Pastor Steve Viers. He was uh, seeking to protect area churches' rights to minister to young people and confused children through biblical counseling and teaching. So that's a good news story. Um, For the sake of time, I will put this on the blog today at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Today's headline or the uh, title, Julaine Appling, Family, Local Politics, Heartbeats, Hate Speech, and China Olympics. And we'll get to the Olympics in a minute. But we will go right to this other story now. Um, You heard Tuesday that because of, quote, hate speech, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ, basically, and that God made them male and female, that's hate speech. Remember, it was taken down off the Q90FM Facebook page. They threatened to pull down the Stand Up For The Truth Facebook page. And um, Tim Stevens shared his thoughts about Canadians, uh, pastors and religious leaders. They could be imprisoned for, I think, three years, fined, imprisoned for speaking this, preaching this, but this is the Bible. This is in the Bible, friends. So now what's happening? Is it going to come to America? It's already in California and New York. Sadly, they are parts of America. No, I'm kidding, because we, I know we have conservatives and Christians in California and New York. I wish there were more. In fact, a brother of mine, pray for John. John is a brother who's in uh, Hancock, New York, upstate, I believe, and he's just really... A lot of my friends and people that we're, getting, we're hearing from across the country are becoming discouraged because they're trying to find um, like-minded Christians, believers, and truth proclaimers in their areas, uh, and even pastors or churches, and a lot of people are, are, are uh, becoming discouraged, so pray for them. But uh, President Biden criticized a Florida bill that addresses conversations teachers have with their students about gender and sexual orientation. And I just want to quote this here. I want every member of the LGBTQI plus community, especially kids who will be impacted by this hateful bill, to, this is Biden speaking, to know that you are loved and accepted just the way you are. I have your back, and my administration will continue to fight for the protections and safety you deserve. What does he mean by that? He's going to fight against the gospel, what he calls an attack on gay children. He's going to fight against any state, including Florida, this bill, SB 1834, that uh, is—anyway, this is is not news to you as far as our administration, their worldview, their stand against the gospel, against Christians— He's been the most—you thought President Obama, former President Obama, was uh, anti-Christian. Well, the Biden administration has taken that to a whole new level. So Biden claims this Florida bill addressing sex and gender conversation is hateful. Swallow that. Understand this is where we are. The leader of the free world, so-called, and the man who was selected— I won't say elected, I will say selected president of the United States is calling Christians, the Bible, and these teachings that you and I would consider truth from the scriptures hateful. They have normalized the LGBTQ agenda for the last couple decades, several, going way back. Last week, I don't remember what podcast it was, we went through the transgender timeline of events. We didn't even get to the whole all these bullet points, but we got up until, I think, a couple years ago anyway. But it started, there's a one uh, transsexual in 1950s, and then in the 1960s there were a couple events, then the 70s, then there were legal cases, and then there were groups, and then there was you know mobilizing politically and lobbying for the LGBTQ community, and then there were attacks on Christians and accusations of um, hate, 
speech and, you know, bigotry and homophobia and transphobia and all these things, right? And they have the, the mouth of the media and they have social media, the, what I call the one-party big tech media conglomerate. So that evens out now. We had a good news story. We had a bad news story. And now let's start talking about this. Um, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl when we come back. How about boycotting the Olympics? Have you been watching it? Did you even know they were going on? Ratings have been tanking for obvious reasons. Well, what should be obvious reasons. But corporations, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, and the media, and unfortunately a lot of diehard fans have ignored Communist Party of China abuses. Some are calling them the genocide games. Ratings are abysmal. But... The Chinese Communist Party was given the privilege of hosting one of the world's most prestigious events with very little opposition. Since 1950, did you know that more than 65 million Chinese people have been killed for political reasons, according to the Black Book of Communism? So as the Olympics play on, uh, the Chinese Communist Party continues getting away with, I like this term, sports washing. You've heard of brainwashing, right? This is sports washing. What does that mean? This evil regime is using the games, the Olympic Games, to distract from reality. Egregious human rights violations. I just want to quote, before we have to take a break, co-chair of Women's Rights Without Frontiers, Reggie Littlejohn, one of many who has been urging viewers to boycott these Olympic Games. She said, quote, The Chinese Communist Party is a murderous, totalitarian regime, arguably the worst human rights violator in the world. Forced abortion, forced sterilization, forced organ harvesting, forced labor, religious persecution, genocide, crushing Tibet, Hong Kong, and southern Mongolia, infecting the world with the coronavirus. What human right have they not violated? And I will just add before we continue, uh, shame on the IOC and NBC and all the media outlets that are just exalting the games in Beijing for the complicit cover-up of this evil. They, I'll tell you what, the t- TV they de- and whoever, they deserve the awful ratings. By the way, it's down 43.8% this year, according to recent reports or new reports that just came out. But when we come back after our break, we're going to talk about the opening monologue and the introduction to the games that NBC, well, I wouldn't give credit to NBC, But it's fascinating that Mike Tirico opened the 2022 Olympic broadcast Monday commenting on the Communist Party of China's human rights record and the fact that COVID started in China. Uh Uh-oh. Did Tirico go rogue? We're going to talk about this. By the way, NBC sent him home early. More on Standard for the Truth when we come back. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Okay, so continuing on, uh, by the way, this is my new article this week. I wanted to just encourage you guys to check that out. Um, Olympic ratings tank. Corporations, IOC, media, ignore China abuses. So Mike Tirico. Let me just quote him. Fascinating how he opened up the games and he was sent home early. He was supposed to stay, apparently, in Beijing, China, reporting on the games um, until Friday, until tomorrow. But apparently he was sent home Monday night uh, after he said this. Everything and everyone attached to these games is facing questions. The United States government is not here. A diplomatic boycott announced this fall, joined by Canada, Great Great Britain, and Australia, citing China's human rights record and the U.S. government's declaration that the Chinese Communist Party is guilty of committing genocide on the Uyghur Muslim population in western Xinjiang region. So that's part of his quote. He also alluded to, he said just casually, uh, talking about China, where the where the Wuhan uh, China the virus began, the coronavirus, and I thought, wow, did he just say that? So I think he went rogue. That's just my two cents. I haven't read recent articles on why they sent him home early from the Olympics. But anyway, I doubt he mentioned uh, diplomatic boycotts. Let's have the UN or a couple members of the UN. Four. He only mentioned four. You know how big the world is. How many countries are in the Olympics? 
Well, we've got four. The U.S., Canada, Great Britain, and Australia citing China's human rights record. Big deal. I mean, it's important, I guess. It's important to some extent. But I doubt that many people care. The average American or world citizen care about diplomatic boycotts when it comes to entertainment because the show must go on. The Olympics are taking place. The athletes were told not to say anything. Remember, remember that clip from Nancy Pelosi that last week? Oh, don't say anything or, or get in trouble. Don't be, don't be political. Well, I understand corporations caving and supporting the Olympics, but if I was an individual athlete, I, I don't know, it'd be very hard if I was concerned about this, which you would think uh, many of them are concerned about the human rights violations, the genocide, everything that's going on in China, the evil regime there. Um, I would think that some would want to say something, at least mention it. They don't have to be detailed. But anyway, let's talk about some people who are mentioning it. Open Doors is a non-denominational mission supporting persecuted Christians. They're very similar to Voice of the Martyrs. Um, they work with local partners to distribute Bibles and Christian literature, do discipleship training, give emergency relief aid. But they are calling on every Christian in the nation to join this boycott of these Olympics. In the name of our persecuted brothers and sisters, on its website they list four main reasons they called for a boycott of the Games. One, squelching dissent. Two, China's always watching everyone. They're talking about surveillance. There are hundreds of millions of surveillance cameras in communist China. It's one of the most oppressive and yet sophisticated systems of surveillance in the world. They severely um, surveil the church there. Um, you have to. You, it is illegal for anyone under the eighteen uh, under the age of eighteen to attend church. Did you know that? Youth groups are outlawed. Um, Number three, shocking human rights violations. It's, but it's not just Christian persecution. We mentioned the Uyghur population. Um, scholars estimate Chinese authorities detained more than one million Uyghurs in re-education camps. And number four, it's a global effort. The Chinese government will be scanning social media, watching global TV ratings, and reading articles on how other countries perceive them. So by boycotting these Olympics, not viewing, um, we're showing them we don't agree with what they're doing. Sadly, however, we talked. We mentioned corporations earlier. Greedy uh, business people and corporations sponsoring the Olympics, they turn a blind eye to the covert cover-up of evil. And we mentioned what's going on earlier. Plus, they're anti-God, crushing of all faiths. That's what China would like to do. They will never be able to crush Christianity because the underground church in China is growing like it is in other countries where the gospel is severely restricted. The underground church, brother, persecution will grow the church faster than um, promotion. You would, you, it's amazing. But anyway, um, so we're hearing stories also about Olympic athletes complaining about the allegedly poor conditions in Beijing. Some in tears as they're doing face, uh, social media posts describing poor living conditions, limited dining options, isolating rooms, debilitating weather conditions, reports of being given small amounts of food or barely edible meals, the odd timing of COVID-positive test results, quarantine conditions, and other very questionable and severe COVID protocols. These are Olympic athletes that are speaking out about this, not necessarily the human rights abuses of China. But anyway, the main point in all this is what? To the, there are a lot of people are wanting to boycott these games and send a clear message. What does the Bible say? The Bible reminds believers to remember those who are persecuted for Jesus as if we ourselves are the ones suffering. So as Christ followers, we talk about this quite a bit. We try to get outside our, our bubble in our church, in our state, in our country, and understand we are part of a worldwide family of believers. We have brothers and sisters in each and every country around the globe, including countless believers in severely restricted nations. And it is because we are a family in Christ, where we feel for each other and carry each other's burdens that uh, many people are urging you to boycott these Olympics on TV and social media. Um, let's see. 
the one more quote I want to share with you regarding this. Emily Schrader at the Jerusalem Post, she did an article entitled Genocide Olympics, Winter Games in China is a Stain on Humanity. Quote, who is helping the world turn a blind eye to these abuses? The media, the advertisers, the countries, and the International Olympic Committee, IOC, all have blood on their hands when it comes to supporting the CCP for these Winter Olympic Games, end quote. So, friends, remember those who are suffering, those who are being persecuted, uh, but also remember to expose the dirty deeds of darkness, those in the media, world governments, the hypocrites that are ignoring what's going on. Um, the best athletes in the world are competing right now in Beijing, so pray, but to help raise awareness about this dark history and the fact that uh, China is home to some of the world's most vicious, horrific human rights abuses and religious rights violations. You won't hear it. You won't hear much about it. I, I, I pray that you do, and you can let me know who else is reporting on this, please. Now, the Super Bowl. I mentioned in the uh, teaser to the podcast that we need to uh, really kind of uh, check our, our faith at the door sometimes, and it's impossible to do that. Remove your Christian faith and worldview, and then watch some garbage and smut and perversion on TV. We, I've done articles on the past Super Bowl halftime shows and on the, the, some of the commercials and some of the junk that's being advertised, and, you know, the games go on, right? The Super Bowl is going to go on this Sunday. But I do want to mention, uh, aside from the wokeness and the perversion and the offensive ads, I do want to mention some Christian players on each of the teams. Um, I'm kind of pulling for Cincinnati because uh, I've heard more uh, news from the Christian uh, side of things coming out, including Bengals defensive end Trey Hendrickson. He says, I give thanks to my Lord and Savior. He relies on his faith. I'm just going over this really fast. Former linebacker Vincent Ray, um, he, uh, he's writing God's will as the Cincinnati Bengals chaplain. And uh, there's a, a little testimony there. Um, oh, the, the kicker, Evan McPherson. My goodness. He's, he just says, uh, glory be to God. He, in fact, after that, uh, amazing last-second kick in Kansas City to send the Bengals to the Super Bowl. When he went to the press conference afterwards, he had a T-shirt saying, God is good, but uh, you know where he stands. They're all pointing up to heaven. He kicks a field goal. He points up to heaven. Now, that could mean anything, right? But these men have come out publicly and declared their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, uh, let's go over to the other side. Cooper Cup, he's one of the best players in the NFL. His wife tweeted this at the end of uh, the game where the Rams won the right to go to the Super Bowl. Quote, these moments, thanking God for every one of them. We prayed for a season to glorify our Savior Jesus Christ, and you are doing just that. That was a, a tweet to her husband, Cooper Cup. And I think there's one more. But So there are Christians, not a lot of outspoken Christians in the NFL or any professional sports league, but there are Christians on every team. So I'm just pulling for whoever will have a chance to glorify God with that platform when they receive the Super Bowl trophy at the end of the game. And I hope someone does. And if you want <laughs> to see how it was done best, go back to the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl victory uh, several years ago. Anyway, uh, upcoming tomorrow, John Leffler on Stand Up For The Truth. Next week, John Hopper's got a book out on questioning God. Carl Gallup's next Tuesday. Elijah Abraham in a brand new podcast next Wednesday. Alicia, Alisa Childers next Thursday. Thank you guys for all the support and your prayers. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.